have all of you guys with us. And um, this, you know what? This I think this is the most people we've seen here in this room since uh, Mar- or last March of last year. So it is, it's good to see you guys. You know, I appreciate the way everyone is continuing to, you know, keeping masks on and just doing everything that we can. Uh, just a couple of things just to remind you, right? Because, because, listen, trying to navigate all this has been challenging, right? So we saw in like October and November, we were starting to see the services fill up. And so I actually was like, should we add a fourth one? Uh, you know, what should we do? And then the second wave hit and then things, you know, like people became a little bit less comfortable coming to church. And so it wasn't an issue. The last few weeks, we're seeing uh, attendance kind of go up, uh, which is which is great because again, I think that we're doing everything safe, and I don't feel that it's a health risk. But but just to remind you, uh, you need to register, okay? And 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 your registering for the service helps us anticipate what's going on. What the other thing too is, if you register early, like I always check, and I think like as of Friday, there were only going to be like thirty people at the service, and so so it kind of goes, you know, and even like in the morning, it goes up. If you could do, like, if you know on Saturday that you're going to come, register then, because then if somebody goes to register for 1045 and they see it's full, it's not too late for them to come to nine o'clock. They can kind of make that choice. So, uh, so if you could just be, just remind you to do that for the kids as well. Uh, because we want to keep serving. We'll add more services if we need to. We're just going to, we want as many people who are comfortable to worship in person to be able to worship in person. But your registering really helps us anticipate and kind of prepare uh, kind of what's going to, what's going to happen. Plus, there's, there's uh, more room at nine o'clock too. So if, uh, if, if, you're, if you're up early and you want to come and get your Jesus on bright and early, you can join us at nine o'clock as well. All right. Um, so, hey, I am excited to preach today. I am excited about, uh, I, I think that God has something in this, this whole series. I've just been excited to, to share this, this new year, new habits, because this is an opportunity for us to make some changes in our lives. And the thing that I've discovered is that, like, everybody wants their life to change. I don't think I've met anyone who's like, yeah, no, I'm good. I got it all figured out. I'm like Mary Poppins, positively perfect in every way. So, you know, I, I got it covered. We all want to change. But, but the, the thing is, though, is, is we don't. You know, I mean, most people, they make, they make New Year's resolutions and they say they want to change this out of the other thing. And, and they usually don't make the changes. Why is that? Why is it that we find ourselves living out the same patterns over and over again? And so, so what I said a couple of weeks ago when I started this series, I said, I think the problem is we have these uphill hopes. And so we have these hopes to live a better life, to get closer to God, to, uh, to deal with our negative emotions, to eat better, to exercise, to manage our time better, all these different things that we want to do. But we have a hard time coming into the uphill hopes that we have because we have a lot of downhill habits in our life. And so what we're talking about in this series is how we can get some God habits in our life, how there are some things that we can do that can lead us into the uphill hopes that we have. Listen, hope is awesome. I mean, I'm all for hope. We need hope. I, I say all the time, hope is our superpower. But, but hope gets us started. Hope is a motivator. It's not a strategy. And so what we're trying to do is give you some strategies life that will help you produce the change that God wants to see in your life. And see, here's the thing. I want all of you to have some hope. I want you to have hope that in 2021, your life can be different because God is with you. God is working in your life and it is, it is hard to change your life. If it was easy, everybody would do it, but it's doable because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so the theme verse that we've had, I'm going to do something a little different today. I don't know if I've ever done this before. Romans 12, 2 is our theme verse for this, uh, for this series. I'm going to give you this verse at different points throughout my sermon in three different translations, because each translation kind of says something a little bit differently. And that's, I don't know if you're familiar, but, but the, the New Testament was written in Greek. And Greek is a very complex language. It's a very thorough language. They'll, they'll have like four words for like one word that we have. And so that's why you have different translations that's all kind of trying to really capture what it is that Paul or Jesus or Peter was, was saying when they wrote it. So, so here's Romans 12, 2. This is in the message version. This is a paraphrase, which is someone not going word for word, but trying to get the gist of it. It says, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. 
Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. God brings the best out of you. See, what we're after, what we're talking about here today is that God, he's, he's got so much good for you. He wants to bring the best out of you. That's what we're after. The best that he designed you for, the best that he, that he redeemed you for, a well-formed maturity. And so, so this series is about us getting some God habits that can produce that. A lot of what we do, we do because we think it can help you have that well-formed maturity in your life. You know, the programs that we have, we don't just do things to kind of keep you busy. You know, we don't just do things because we're like, oh, we got to justify our existence. And, you know, people, people will say to churches, well, you know, pastors, well, what do you do during the week? You know, we know what you do on Sunday. Um, we, we do a lot of things because we think it will help develop that well-formed maturity. And so, and so uh, we do 21 days of prayer twice a year because prayer makes a difference and prayer matters. But we want you to engage with that so you will develop the habit of prayer for your life. We just started life groups this past week. And uh, we do life groups. We do these semesters, these small groups, because we want you to have the habit of meeting together with other Christians for the purpose of spiritual encouragement, edification, and all that good stuff. We try to get you on Team Vineyard, whether you serve in the food bank or the welcome team or all kids ministry, all the ways you can serve, because getting into the habit of service is a good thing. One of the things that I'm excited to get back into to kind of take advantage of this great facility that we have uh, is is to have conferences and so we're, our plan is is that we will have we'll have four conferences a year one is going to be a come Holy Spirit conference every year uh, we actually had one all planned and all set it was going to be this January and you know we you know it was going to be let last month and we had to or, or this month it was going to be a couple weeks ago and we had to uh, we had to cancel that but we'll do that again uh, <coughs> we'll have uh, women's conferences a men's conference a marriage conference and we'll do these conferences because because we think it's going to help develop that well-formed maturity in all of our lives, because that's what we're after. And so the choice here that Romans 12, 2 gives us is we can either like focus on God and, and come into the best that God has for us, develop that well-formed maturity, or we can just kind of go with the flow. We can just kind of go with the culture. And I love the way that the message says, drag down to its level of immaturity. And we don't want that. And so what we're doing here is we're talking about these four God habits. A couple of weeks ago, we started with habit number one, which is put God first. Just get into the habit of putting God first in your life, the principle of the first. And so we talked about how you can put, uh, give God the first of your day, the first of your week, the first of your month, the first of your year. Last, last week, we talked about relationships. We talked about how we can choose our relationships more carefully. And if you remember that message, it was, it was nurture your important relationships, restore your broken relationships, sever your harmful relationships, and initiate some more meaningful relationships in your life. And next week, I'm excited about next week's message. I'm excited about this one too, but uh, we're going to be talk about, talking about how we can have habits that can help our life to be more aligned with God's purposes. One of the things we talk about all the time here is that you're made on purpose for a purpose. God, there is a purpose for your life. We want you to find the reason that God has for you to get out of bed every single morning so you can jump out of bed with a level of excitement. And so how can we align our lives, all the different moving parts, of our life better with the purposes of God in our life. And so today, we're going to talk about our thought life. So habit number three is control my thoughts. I will control my thoughts. Now, thoughts are really powerful. We don't realize how much our thought life affects everything. I could give you a lot of examples of this. I'll just give you one. Like when I when I've had significant changes in my life, like things that led me in different directions and things that God was building in my life, it all started with me changing the way I thought about something. And so, for example, when I was 17 years old, I went all in with Jesus. And my thinking changed a lot when I made Jesus the center of my life. Before that, my thinking was dominated by how can I become a better wrestler? How can I get to the good party that's going to be happening this weekend? Who's the cute girl that I could be dating? Uh, much to my parents' chagrin, I didn't care that much about studying. That wasn't a big concern in my life. But once I came to Jesus, it changed. Like my thinking changed. I began to focus on how can I know Jesus better? How can I serve Jesus better? How can I center my life on Jesus? And so think about an area in your life where you want to see some change. Like actually take a moment and do that. 
Like dial up an area in your life where you want to see change and you need to realize that it's going to start with you thinking differently in that area of life. It says this in Ecclesiastes 10.2. I put it in the message because it's just kind of a very funny, you know, just kind of straight to the point way of, of, of giving us this thought. It says, wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. And so we want more wise thinking and less stupid thinking. So what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to start off by giving you three life-changing truths, three kind of big truths that you need to know about the power of your thoughts. And then I'm going to give you some practical things that you can do to start changing your thoughts like right now, the things that you can instill in your life. So three life-changing truths. And so I'd encourage you, you know what, I got, I got some lists today. I got some things that I'm hoping, I want to give you practical things. So I'm hoping that I'm going to give you some things today that you can take with you and apply during the week. And so, so it's important if you have the app that you, you open up the, uh, the notes, the message notes in the app. And I got some fill in the blanks and all the Bible verses and some lists and some exercises and things that you can do. All right. So, so first life changing truth is that everything begins with a thought. Everything begins with a thought. Every action, everything that you do, it starts with how you're thinking about it. And so if you want to change your behavior, it starts with changing the way you think about that activity. And so all of the habits that we're talking about, they actually, they all can really work to, to improve your thinking. So for example, we talked about put God first. And so we encourage you to give God the first 15 minutes of the day. So not only will that help you to live out the principle of putting God first, it will change the way that you think about the rest of the day. See, if you put God first, it's going to affect your thinking for the rest of the day. Last week, we talked about relationships. And so we talked about the need to invest in more meaningful relationships. If you have some more Jesus people in your life, some people who can encourage you, it's going to help you think better because they'll be able to identify, you know, hopefully in a loving way, if there's some lies that you're believing or things that you're believing that aren't true, they can, they can encourage you more towards godly thinking, towards right thinking, Romans 12, 2, again, now this is the New Living Translation. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Who here wants to be transformed into a new person? Anybody? Okay. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, that's how it happens. So that's the first point. Second is what we think determines how we feel. What we think determines how we feel. Now, I believe that God gave us emotions to enhance our life. Kind of like emotions kind of color in. It's like it goes from black and white to color. But listen, I know for many of us, your emotions aren't your friend, right? Your emotions are not enhancing your life. Your emotions make life more, more difficult, more painful, more challenging. You know, that there's maybe you're just kind of stuck in some real negative emotional patterns. And what we tend to do is we tend to blame the people around us. It's like the, you know, the wife who says, I wake up grumpy every single day, but sometimes I let him sleep in. But I'm, oh, come on, that was a little funny. That was a little, give me a little bit, give me a little bit. That was, that was, that was a little bit. All right, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good, but it was okay. Um, but the, the reality is, is that, is that we tend to blame the people around us. We think, I'm miserable because of this person. Or, you know, a lot of, I'm miserable because of who is the, who's the president or who isn't the president. I'm miserable because of the economy. I'm miserable because of the people around me. But Philippians chapter four, verses eight to nine says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And so if we want to get the God of peace with us so that the God of peace can anchor your emotions, what we need to do is we need to figure out how to think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, excellent, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. In other words, we need to think more about Jesus. How can we think more about Jesus during the day? Because Jesus is the embodiment of all of this, right? All of these adjectives come together with Jesus. And so if we want the peace of God ruling our emotions, what we got to do is we got to spend more time figuring out how we can think about Jesus and less time walking around like this all day. 
right? I mean, this is what we do all day long. We look at this and we look at social media and we deal with, you know, the 24-7 negative news cycle and we're absolutely tied to this thing and we wonder why we're anxious. We're wonder, we wonder why our emotions aren't working, why we're so stressed out. Now listen, I can't, as your pastor, I cannot change the circumstances around you, but what I can do Based on the truth of God's word, I can lead you to something, or better yet, someone who will give you peace in the midst of whatever it is you are going through, because it's a matter of changing what it is you're focusing on, not necessarily changing your circumstances. Amen? See, God, God wants to give us peace, and he, but it all comes with us focusing on him, figuring out how we can focus on him. The third, the third big truth here is our thoughts will determine our destiny. Listen, I love to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this more next week. I'm even going to talk about it a little bit more in this sermon. But you know what? You have a destiny. You have a purpose. There are things that God wants to do in you and through you. He wants to bring out the best in you, the best for you, the best for those around you, the best for him. What he wants to do with your life in a unique way is he wants to make the world better through you. That's what he wants to do. And the thing is, he's going to use your personality. He's going to use your circumstances. He's going to use what you've experienced all in the unique way to bring out the best, the things that he has for you. You have a destiny. You have a purpose that is greater than you realize. And the way that we think has everything to do with how we're going to walk out our destiny. And so this is an oldie but a goodie. You might have heard this before, but it's worth hearing again. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle, reap a destiny. And it all starts with a thought. That means that you are where you are today based upon what your thoughts were like yesterday. And where you're going to be tomorrow has everything to do with how you're thinking today. It says this in Romans 8, 5 to 6, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have the, have the spirits, have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. What do you spend your day focusing on? See, if you, there's a, there's a phrase in the Bible that comes up, you know, in a bunch of different ways about being worldly minded. And what that means is you just spend your day thinking about the world. Thinking about stuff in the world as opposed to thinking about Jesus, as opposed to thinking about him. And so what we need to do is we need to, as the Bible says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus. You need the habit of doing that. That means when it comes to your thoughts, don't let them just wash over you. You know, we do that. We're like really passive. A thought comes and we just kind of go with it. We don't think about it. No, we need to like set up a century and we need to say, oh, wait, hold on, thought. Identify yourself. You know, halt, who goes there? And so we need to ask, where is this thought coming from? Is this thought coming from the world? Is this just kind of the unhelpful way that like everybody thinks about this? Is this thought coming from my flesh? Is this my sin and my selfishness, just got my brokenness kind of manifesting in my thought? Maybe this thought is coming from the devil. Maybe this thought is like spiritual warfare where Satan's trying to get a lie in your mind because he wants to cause trouble through that lie. Or maybe the thought is coming from the Holy Spirit and it aligns with God and it aligns with the truth of his word. So don't let thoughts just drift in and out of your mind. Take every thought captive. And if we learn to do this, then we will live governed by the Spirit. That's what Paul's saying here in Romans. He says it again in Galatians. If we don't, then the flesh takes over. And it leads to death. And death is the opposite of the best that God has for you. It means, you know, it's where our, the culture is going to take us. And it means anxiety, and it means fear, and it means jealousy, and it means division, and it means hostility, and it means aimlessness. It means death. And so we have to learn how to, how to live according to the Spirit, and it has everything to do with our thoughts. So let me give you four practical things that you can do that you can start today so you can start taking control of your thoughts. This is a habit that is, it's so important. Some of you, listen, we've all got like long histories of just kind of letting our thoughts carry us along. God wants to say to you right now, I want to give you a new way to live. 
I want to give you a new way to think. It's going to be some work. You're going to, it takes a while to establish a new habit, but you can do it because God is with you. All right. So, so the first, the first practical thing that you can do is find a plan to control my thoughts. Let me make this as simple as I possibly can. You need to read the Bible every single day. I want to encourage you, read the Bible every single day because reading the Bible can change your life. It can change your life because the Bible is not like any other book. The Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Bible has breath. The Bible has a heartbeat. The Bible has power. It says this in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. It's living. It's powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirits, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So what that means, when you read the Bible, don't just read it. Let the Bible read you. Like, come to it and say, okay, God, what is it that you want to say to me today? How do you, what do you want to speak to me? Where are you trying to, to get my attention today? Let the Bible read you because as you get the word of God into you, the word of God will become an anchor that will ground your thoughts. And it'll make it a lot easier. That important thing of learning how to kind of identify your thoughts and saying, where's this coming from? The more you know the word of God, the easier it will be for you to do that. And so we try to make it as easy as we possibly can for you to read the Bible on a daily basis. If you go to the app, you'll notice that on every single page on the app, in the lower right-hand corner, there's a little icon that says Bible under it. And if you go to that, it gives you a daily Bible reading plan. And so if I click on January 31st, you could have read Exodus 25 and 26 and Matthew chapter 21. And so this is on the app. Every single day, you can do this Bible read, daily Bible reading plan. You can download the YouVersion app of the Bible, and that has a lot of different Bible reading plans, a lot of different subjects and focuses, but get the Bible into your life a, a little bit every single day because it will become that anchor that will transform the way that you think. The second thing is this. Find a place to think your thoughts with God. Find, the, find a place to think your thoughts with God. At some point, with all the noise that's around us and the way there's so much competing for our thoughts, we need to have a little bit of time where we tune everything out and we just focus on God. And so I said a couple of weeks ago, I challenge you, give God the first of your day. Spend the first 15 minutes with God and, and, and spend some time thinking about Him and praying and connecting with Him. And maybe some of you might say, but Pastor Phil, I don't know how to pray. I'm no good at it. Listen, all, don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Just talk to God. Just talk to him. You don't have to like have an English accent. You don't have to have a lot of these and nows. God is not someone who lived in like 16th century England. You can just talk to God the way you would talk to anyone. That you would just say, God, here's what's going on in my life right now. Here's where I'm stressed. Here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I'm challenged. Here's where I need you to break into my life. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And so listen, if we want our, if we want our thinking to go next level, Connect with God in the beginning of the day, but then look for opportunities to turn your thoughts towards him throughout the day, that you would be that, that steadfast person who's connected to God. It'll make all the difference in your life. So uh, something that you can do is something that Christians have done actually for centuries. It's called the daily examine. And so I want to, I just real quick, I want to teach you, I want to teach you what that is because it's a tool. It's something that you can do in your life that will help you with the habit of kind of keep, you know, having time to connect with God and think about God throughout the day. And so there are five steps to the daily examine. It's in your, it's in your notes. You can Google it. There's so much that's written about the daily examine, but just to make it simple. And this is something you can do, you know, all throughout the day. Maybe it will take you three minutes or take you 10 minutes or take you 20 minutes or whatever. But let's say you could do it at like your lunch break or you could do it at some point in the afternoon or you do it right before you go to bed. The first step is ask God to reveal his presence. God is with you. It's just the problem is you're not aware that he's with you. And so you ask God to reveal, to remind you that he's with you. And then the second thing is you thank God for today's blessings. So where did you experience blessings so far? You did it, you know, you do it at lunchtime. How, how did you experience blessings in the morning? You do it before you go to bed. Where did you experience blessings during the day? And you thank God for them. 
The third part is you review your day. And what that means is you think about your day rather than just reflexively kind of going through it. You think like, okay, what, what things happened in my day so far that made me feel really good? And the, the old kind of word for that is consolations. Where did you experience consolations? And you think, what was it about that conversation or that moment or whatever it was that made you feel good? And then you give that to God and you process it with God. What made you feel bad? You know, a lot of times we have things happen and we feel bad and we don't really think through, why, why did I react this way? Talk a little bit with God about your desolations, about the things that kind of bummed you out and give them to Him. The fourth step is confess your sins. You know, Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So just take a moment and just say, God, here's where I blew it. Here's where I messed up. Just keep those short accounts with God. And the fifth one is probably my favorite one out of all of these, is expectantly look toward the day to come. And so what that means is if you do it in the morning, you're thinking about the rest of your day, or maybe you do it at night, you're thinking about the next day, but you're looking, at, you're looking towards the next day expectantly. Not so much of how we live is just kind of waiting for the other shooter drop and thinking like, oh, this is, gonna, this is bad and it's going to get worse. And we say, no, I'm going to look with expectation towards the rest of this day because I am walking with the living God. And God is for me. And God is working out a plan and a purpose in my life. And so I'm going to see blessings this day because God is with me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And I want to tell you, if you will do that, it will change your perspective. It will change the way. Let's say you're going home. You know, you're driving home. Great time to do this would be on your commute. Whether you're on the bus or you're driving home or whatever it is. If you're on the bus, you're probably just praying, save me from COVID, save me from COVID, save me from COVID. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that, that you would look to the evening that you're going to have with your family or with your roommates or whatever. You go to a life group that's coming up or whatever it is expectantly saying, God's going to, there's going to be blessings here in my future. And I'm going to look expectantly towards the rest of the day to come. And so I would encourage you, listen, the daily examined. I got it. It's in your notes and try it. Do it this week. Take a couple of times, you know, maybe once a day, maybe a couple times a day and, and walk through this. Take as little or as long as you want to do it because, because uh, Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Do you ever hear that expression where people would say about someone, oh, they're, they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good? Do you ever hear that? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, seriously, that what the Bible is saying is, no, no, set your mind on things above. Let, let Jesus, let the kingdom of heaven, let God's truth dominate your thoughts. And then what's going to happen is God's going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth through you. So there's nothing better. There's nothing more relevant. There's nothing more transforming than thinking about the things of God as much as you can, connecting with God as much as you can to transform and change the way that you think so that God's blessings can flow through you to a hurting world. All right. And then the third thing that you can do is you find a purpose to direct my thoughts. Find a purpose to direct my thoughts. The healthiest, most motivating thoughts you can have is when you know that you know that you know what your purpose is. Like you know why you get out of bed every morning. You know what it is that's going to drive you through the day. And the most miserable people are the people who don't know why they're alive are people who are just kind of going through the motions, just trying to keep themselves entertained, trying to go day by day. There are two things that God wants you to understand about your life. I think there are two things that God wants to reveal to you progressively throughout your life. And, and, I, and I think that I could say that maybe the heart of like Christian maturity and discipleship is growing in these two things. And the first is that God loves you way more than you know and way more than you're currently experiencing. That God loves you. That that would become the foundation of your life. That you are loved by God. You are the apple of God's eyes. That God knows, you know, the, the hairs on your head. His thoughts towards you outnumber the sands of the seashore and every thought is a loving thought. God so loved you that he gave his one and only son, that Jesus so loved you that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The joy is you. God loves you way more than you know. 
And the more you kind of experience God's love and the more that you walk in God's love and the more his love becomes that foundation of your life, that is going to change your thinking. That is going to change your life. And here's the beautiful thing. You know what our destiny is? You know why we can look expectantly towards the future? is because we are going to spend not only this life, but we're going to spend all of eternity just exploring the depths of God's love, the height and depth and breadth of God's love, which Paul says is beyond knowledge. Your destiny is that you are going to be swimming ever deeper in the love of God for all of eternity because God's love is a bottomless pit that you're never going to get to the bottom of. That's your destiny. That's your future. That's worth saying amen for. And so that first truth is that God loves you more than you can ever know. And the second is that he has a plan and a purpose for your life that is amazing. He has a plan and purpose for your life that is amazing. No eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that he's prepared for those who love him. God wants to do things in you that's going to enrich your life, that's going to be for your best. He wants to do things through you that's going to bless those around you. He wants to bring his kingdom, bring his restoration through you in a way that's going to make the world a better place. And you have no idea how much God wants to do in you and through you. And, and when you really get a hold of this, when you begin to understand more and more the plans and purposes that God has for you, it changes your thinking. It helps you to stay on course. You know what it does? Like when you really are gripped by the purpose that God has for you, when you know why you get out of bed in the morning, when temptations come, when distractions come, when shiny bright objects want to get your attention, it is so much easier to say, nope, I'm not going to go that way because I know what I'm for. I know what matters in life. I'm not going to let myself be distracted. You become like Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah? You can read about him in the Old Testament. His job was to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem so people could go back and live in Jerusalem. And so there was a time where he's up on the wall and he's trying to get the wall rebuilt. And there's this guy named Sanballat and others, and they're trying to get him down from the wall because they want to kill him. But they're like, hey, come down. We want to talk to you. And Nehemiah says, I'm not going to come down. I am doing a great thing. I will not come down. And you need to know the purposes of God for your life so you can, when temptations come and distractions come, you can say, I am doing a great thing. I will not come down. Craig Rochelle said this, discipline is choosing what we want most over what we want now. Choosing what we want most over what we want now. And so when you know your purpose, when, when that's been revealed to you, when you're walking in greater revelation of God's purpose for you, it enables you to choose what's best. Romans 12, 2 again, this time in the NIV, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you see the connection here? The connection here says that if you know God's purposes for you, you're going to be able able to follow God's path. And you know what? I can say this to you with authority. This isn't something that's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I read this somewhere, I heard this. You know, I've been leading this church now for more than 23 years, right? We, we started having public services 23 years ago, but before that I was leading with, you know, my wife and I started a small group and we're doing kind of under, you know, under the, under the surface things to kind of get the church started. So I started planning this church before I was 30. And, and I just think about the last 23, 24, 25 years, and man, it, that's a long time. And I think about all the different people who have been around at different seasons. I think about the group that I started planting the church with, and, and I think about people like Paul Hoffman and, and, uh, and Donna Brophy and others who were there like on staff you know, early on, and, and just through the years. There's been, you know, different, different teams and there's been different opportunities and there's been different challenges and different difficulties. But what I can say, and this isn't because I've got some great constitution, but what I can say is that whatever challenges I faced over the last 23 years, I've never lagged in enthusiasm. You know, I mean, when, when we were trying to get into this building and, uh, and we're like, okay, we think God has this building for us, but the town's not going to let us in and we need a lawsuit and we don't know how we're going to pay for it. It was like, okay, come on, guys, let's do it. God's going to make a way. Then, you know, we got the building all set and then the pandemic hit and we couldn't use the building. And it's like, okay, God's going to make a way. Let's go for it. Let's figure it out. And the reason that I've been able to do that for the last 23 or 24 years is I know exactly why God put me here on the earth. 
I know why I get out of bed in the morning. I know the, the job that he has for me, the plans that he has for me, and it has enabled me for the last 23 years to keep going no matter what the obstacles are. And I'm not saying that because I'm special. I'm saying that because that is not something that's just for senior pastors of church churches. That is something for every single one of you. You need to know the plans and the purposes and the callings that God has for you so you can run your race. And the more you know it, the more, listen, you can get to a place where you bounce out of bed in the morning, where you're just like, all right, God, what, what are you, where, where are we going to go today? How are we going to see your plans and purposes unveiled today? It makes all the difference. There's something that I've been doing for the last few years. I think it's been two or three years that I've been doing this. I have a note in my phone and it's called every day. And I came across this from, I heard a pastor talk about this. And so I took what he did and I, I kind of, you know, customized it and I made it kind of fit more for my life. And so every single morning for the last two or three years, I make this declaration and I'll, I'll read it to you guys. I'm not saying that you guys should make the same declaration, but the power of purpose. I say every, every day, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and I will lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will pray for them daily and look for opportunities to challenge, guide, and nurture them in their faith. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family is closer, my faith is deeper, and my leadership is sharper. I am anointed, empowered, equipped, and called to reach people far from God. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. I love people and I believe the best about them. I equip and develop leaders. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am anointed, creative, innovative, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells in me. The world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. I am a servant of the Most High God. So you need to make some declarations in your life. You need to know who you are, what God has called you to, and you need to declare it, and you need to live it, and you need to hold on to it, and it will change the way that you think, and it will change the way that you live. And so Thomas was talking about the growth track, which I'm excited to be starting back up in, on March 7th. Sunday, March 7th is when that will start. If you haven't gone through the growth track, sign up. It's going to be in person. It's going to be on Zoom. It's going to be a hybrid. And it's an opportunity for you to find out more about the church, find out about your giftedness, how God has gifted you in, the, in a unique way, how your giftings can work with the mission of the church so that we can all come into the plans and purposes that God has for us. And so we need to know our purpose and then and finally, we need to find a power to fuel my thoughts. Find a power to fuel my thoughts. Isaiah 55, 9, it says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So let me tell you how this is going to work. As you begin to see your thinking change, as you start to get God's word as an anchor in your soul, as you begin to turn your thoughts to Jesus kind of more and more throughout the day, as God's plans and purposes for you to become, become more clearer, you're going to start to realize that God is calling you to something big. God's going to put something big on your heart. He's going to put a big dream on your heart, something that's way bigger than you can do on your own. And so you're going to be at a place where you're going to say, man, if I'm going to do what God's leading me to do, there's no way I can do this on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish this, in order to live this out. It's like what Jesus did with his disciples. After he rose from the dead, the last thing that he said to, the, to, to his disciples, not just the 12, but the whole group, he said, hey, guys and gals, listen, I've given you a message. I've given you the gospel. Now you're going to go and you're going to change the world. You're going, to, like, you're going to totally transform the world. Even though I know you're fishermen and you're not educated, you're going to change the world. You're going to start here in Jerusalem. Then you're going to go to Samaria. Then you're going to go to the ends of the earth, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And fortunately, the disciples got this right because they knew they had a job that was way bigger than they could handle. They waited to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit 
Spirit, and they change the world. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is speaking to us right now, and he's saying, I have a plan, and I have a purpose for you. I want to change the world through you. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, God's plan for your life is way bigger than you realize. And as you start to get your thinking more aligned with his thinking in his kingdom, it's going to come into focus exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. See, when we, if we really understood what God has for us, we would cry out for more power. I was watching uh, the, the, the cold open of Saturday Night Live, you know, the new one last night. I haven't seen the whole show. I just saw a little bit. And, uh, and it was Christine McKinnon. And, uh, and so the opening was, was her saying, does our country still work? <laughs> That's what it was. And so what she did is she had, you know, someone come out who was in Congress and said some things. And she's like, yeah, our country doesn't work anymore. And then she has a, does, our, does, does Wall Street still work? And so then talked about the whole GameStop. And he's like, nope, Wall Street doesn't work anymore. And so the whole point of it was like, doesn't work anymore. And so but what I thought as I saw that, I thought, what a fantastic time for us to be alive and for us to be the people of God. That we're at a time right now when everyone's saying, like, things are broken. Things are messed up. This is a time for you as an individual, for us corporately as a church, for us to get a hold of what God has for us and to say, 2021, I'm going to change my thinking. 2021, I'm going to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And I'm going to believe God that the dreams and the plans and the purposes that he has for me, has for me that we're going to take some significant steps towards that, not only in, as individuals, but together as a church for such a time as this. Because God has decided to, to have us be alive during this time and have us be a part of this church during this time when so many people are saying the world is broken, the world isn't working, what is happening? We as the church can rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and we can see God do way more, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. See, this is what God wants to do in us. This is what he wants to do through us. But it's going to start with us changing the way that we think. And so I hope that you're just hearing this, you know, like let's not do business as usual. Let's not just hear this and be like, okay, no, change the way that you think. Get God's word into your soul, an anchor for your, for your mind. Connect with Jesus. Figure out ways that you can think about Jesus as much as you can during the day. Just lean into, ask God to clarify more and more what your purpose is so that you can jump out of bed knowing who you are and what you're for. And let's rely on the power of the Holy Spirit like we never have before because God wants to change the world through you and he wants to change the world through the North Jersey Vineyard and he wants to change the world through his people and we get to be a part of that. But it is not by might, it's not by power, but it is only by God's Spirit, says the Lord. So let's stand. Let's stand. And I want to just take a moment, and we're going to wait on the Holy Spirit for a moment. We're going to do, we're going to close the service, we're going to do some ministry. Those of you who are watching the live stream, listen, just stand up where you are and hold your hands out like this like you're just receiving a gift. Because that's what God has for us right now. And so we say, come Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that, Lord, you have just given us so much purpose. God, the plans that you have, God, what you're doing, how you're restoring this world and that we get to be a part of it, God, it's just so amazing. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would take control of our minds. Lord, I pray that your word would just be that anchor for our minds. I pray that we would be drawn to you multiple times every day. God, I pray that you would reveal to us, God, reveal to us, even right now, speak to us about the plans and the purposes that you have for each and every one of us. God, we don't want to drift. God, we want to come into that well-formed maturity that you have for us, God. We want to honor you with our lives, God. We want to know you. We want to serve you. 
We want this world to be different because of the way that you have empowered our lives. And God, we just acknowledge that we can't do this on our own. We need you, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More. This isn't just like a nice little religious ritual to end the service. No, the Holy Spirit is here. He's here. And he wants to back up. What I've been saying, it's not, this is just God, this is what God, you know, he, he wants you to know this. This is, this is something he has for you. And so he wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. So come, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let your power come right now. God, where we're tired, where we're discouraged, we wait on you. And the promise is, as we wait on you, you'll renew our strength and we'll run. We won't faint. So come, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, God. I bless your presence here right now. More, Lord. More. If there's anyone here right now, if, if a spirit of rejection has just been dominating your life, if you've just lived with this lie, this thought has gotten into your mind that says, I'm rejected, people reject me, I'm like cast out. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of that lie. And I just say that you are beloved by the Father. You are accepted in the beloved. You're not just accepted, you're embraced. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill our hearts right now afresh. God, touch us with your love, God. Fill us with your love. God, fill us with your compassion. God, I pray that we would be so connected to your love, God, that your love would just ooze out of us, that it would just flow like rivers of living water. God, refreshing all of those who are thirsty, refreshing all of those who are alone, who are discouraged. So God, come and fill us up right now with your Holy Spirit. More, Lord. Just take a moment. Let's just wait. Just wait. And just say to God, just, in, just you don't have to say it out loud or you can if you want, but just say, I need more of you, Lord. Fill me. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. And I just, I just sense the Holy Spirit just bringing the word compassion strongly to my mind. That, that is, as the Holy Spirit just fills you, it's going to be manifesting itself through compassion, through just love, just loving the people around you with God's love. And so, Lord, I pray that you would breathe on us and that you would fill us with your love, fill us with your compassion in the same way that Jesus was moved by compassion to do what he did. God, may we just see those who are hurting and those who are broken and those who are lonely and be moved by your compassion to do something for your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to wait one more moment. I can see the Holy Spirit just, just resting on many of you. And just, Lord, we pray for more. I just had a thought and I think it was from the Lord, that some of you right now, there's maybe a lot of darkness in your house. Or whatever, something's going on in your house, it's just kind of dark, you know, it's whether there's something that's really making you afraid or there's, there's walls that are up or mistrust or whatever it is, anger. But I just, the sense is, is that for those of you who really feel like right now, your home's kind of a rough place. I just, the sense that I had is that God wants to fill you with his love. And as you open up your heart to his love, that's going to begin the process of transforming your home. That God's going to be doing something in you that, that ultimately is going to lead to a transformation in your home. And so, Lord God, we just, God, we just acknowledge our need for you. 
We acknowledge the way our brokenness just kind of rubs up against, especially the people who are close to us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would fill us with your love and your compassion for the people that we live with. God, your mercies are new every morning. And so, Lord, fill us with love for our husbands, for our wives, for our children, for our in-laws, for whoever it is who's our roommates, whoever's in that circle. And begin that work of transformation. And Lord, I just, just last thing, I just, because I could go on all day with this, but Lord, I just bless the dreams that you're giving. Lord, I bless the, the, the hopes and dreams that you're giving people about their lives, about their callings, about what it is you want to do in them and through them. Lord, the ways that they're, they're already walking it out. God, I pray that you would breathe on them in such a way that you would just multiply the fruit. God, multiply the excitement, Lord, the anticipation. God, that you just breathe fresh life on all of our efforts, on everything that we do, God, that it wouldn't be by our strength, but by your strength. So Lord, I pray that you would breathe on us and increase, God, multiply, Lord, that our fruitfulness, God, our, the abundance, Lord, just multiply it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for those right now who, who don't know what their purposes are and just wonder if, if you have anything for them. God, I pray that they would hear your voice right now and they would hear you saying, you are my son, you are my daughter. I love you, I've redeemed you, and I've got great things in store for you. And Lord, that you would just begin the process of revelation. Lord, your word says that when your spirit is poured out, that, that we will dream dreams and have visions. And so God, I pray for those dreams and those visions to flow right now for your glory. Come Holy Spirit. God, we bless your presence here in this place. going to close right now and we've got people on the prayer team so those of you on the prayer ministry team head over here to to my right and uh, listen god is resting and he's moving and he's doing what he's doing Grimaldi's going to play for another minute or two and so just encourage you to, if you want to just sit quietly in it or if you need to go you can go you can get your kids but uh but and but i would encourage you to get prayer if you if god's doing something in you and uh, whatever it might be let somebody just just pray for you and just bless and, and ask god to give you more whatever you need right now god bless you guys and let's really let's let's not just be hearers of this word let's do it let's give god let's let him transform our thinking as we draw near to him god bless you guys and have a great week